Good morning, church. Happy Father's Day. This is one of his favorite days of the year. This is his birthday. He absolutely loves to be pampered and babied and taken care of. And it happens two days a year. (laughs) Probably more than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk to you about something this morning. Um, I had this conversation over the weekend, and it was so good. Um, And what it was was this. Throughout the whole Testament, the people worship the God who has no name. The God of the mountain, right? The God who has no name. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you do not see a single time where they worship, where they pray to God the Father. And the conversation I had was about how, you know, God who existed always and who will exist always. um, And he had this plan of redemption for, for all mankind. It was a big deal. It was all very intentional. And it's time out of this whole timeline of all eternity in both directions god the father and jesus stand there and they say it's time it's time and i imagine jesus saying how how do you want them to know you how will how will you be known God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Just begin to praise him this morning. We just begin to thank him. He's a good father. Father, we just worship you this morning. We thank you. We glorify you. Thank you that we can be a part of your family. We thank you that we can call you Father. That you love us and that you care for us. Every care, every concern is your caring concern as well. 
So Lord, we worship you this morning. We glorify you this morning. We praise you this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
Lord with another song, so feel free to stand up, come up to the altar if you would like, and uh, let's celebrate the win. say to these things, if God is for us, who could be against us? Thinking about the win. We got, a, we got a Father in heaven who wants us to win, who helps us to win. And Romans 8 ends with this, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Lord, we worship you this morning. Father, we thank you for being the best most amazing Father anyone could ever ask for. We thank you that you love us, that you're for us, that we're more than conquerors because of you. And we thank you that there's nothing that can separate your love from us. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're visiting us for the first time, we welcome you. Worship the Lord together with you this morning. Um, on the back of the seat in front of you, there should be a connection card. Sometimes there is, sometimes there's not, because we got lots of little kitties who sometimes like to color on them. So find a connection card if you're new and let us know that you were here. Just your name and your email. We send one email that says, hey, this is who we are. Um, uh, and that connection card comes up into the offering buckets during the break. Uh, if you have your ties and your offerings this morning, Come joyfully, cheerfully to give to the Lord this morning, um, to the work of his kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
connection card is for your prayer requests, your praise reports, your testimonies. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, so write those down, share them, and uh, those come up uh, with your tithes and offerings. Kid Corner is open. If you're an ECF kid, you know your bag is over there. If you are a guest with kids, I have guest bags for your children uh, to help them enjoy the rest of service. During the break, uh, nursery is open. Service nursery is open, Littles Ministry is open, Family Room is open, and there's coffee this morning. There's coffee out there during the break, and after service there will be donuts. So go get some coffee for during the sermon so you can stay awake. Hello, hello. All right, church family. Oh my gosh, this is too much fun. Sid, you know I'm going to talk about this. I feel like I'm in the 80s. I don't, it's just with the wire. Okay, it's fun. <laughs> or like I'm vacuuming because that's the only other time I use a cord. All right, happy Father's Day, y'all. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Dads are the best. Dads who do dishes are even better. Dads who change diapers are just rock stars. So happy Father's Day. Um, life groups. So the life groups that are coming up, we have Women to Women uh, this Saturday at 8 a.m. The Luciano Small Group, which meets in the sanctuary usually on the third Sunday of every month, has moved because today's Father's Day. So it is next Sunday. So next Sunday, 6.30 here in the sanctuary is the Luciano Group. Spirited Sisters. Spirited Sisters is our small group uh, widowed women only, and gosh, do they have a lot of fun. I mean, they just have a lot of fun. So they meet the last Saturday of the month, and the last small group uh, is the Carter's small group who are taking the summer off. So if you are part of the Carter's small group, uh, you can talk with Chet and Jane, uh, but they are not meeting over the summer. Um, baptism is next week. Super excited. Baptism services, if you've never been to a baptism service, they're just awesome. They're emotional, you know, which is so weird because we're not emotional people. Ha, 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 that funny little laugh again. But they're even more emotional because, you know, it's just this public declaration uh, for Christ. And so he's just magnified uh, and glorified. And so, yeah, it's emotional and it's awesome. So that service is next week. And we are not having Little's ministry for the baptism service, uh, which means that uh, four, five, and six-year-olds will be in service because we think it's important for them to be a part of what is happening. Um, and we're not going to stage a mini baptism back in the littles room because there is no junior Holy Spirit. They're just going to hang out in here with us and experience it and be a part of it because they are a part of it. Uh, last thing I have is Summer Nights is starting this Friday, the 23rd. It is up at the Rose Center. Am I pointing in the right direction? I am spatially challenged. I could have been pointing that way. I wouldn't know. Okay, Rose Center, uh, 
starts around 5.30. Dinner is generally served around 5.45 or 6 because I like to wait for people to come. Uh, we're having fried chicken this, this Friday, fried chicken, coleslaw. Um, it's going to be great. And really, it's just a time to hang out. If you want to bring lawn tra- chairs, you can bring lawn chairs. There's a couple picnic tables, kids running, blowing bubbles, music. It's just, it's ECF being, it's us being us. It's just us being us. Uh, so come on out and, uh, and fellowship with us. That's this Friday. Pastor Jason, you want to come up? Let me. Okay, I know today's Father's Day, but we also are celebrating something else this morning. We are celebrating our graduates. We have a couple graduates here this morning. One of them actually could not attend. Uh, so there's actually all three are kind of college or post, post-college graduates this year. So when I call your name, we're going to give them a round of applause, and they're going to come up here, and we are going to, um, as they come up, I'm going to tell you a little bit about them and what they graduated from. So our first graduate who is here today is Jensen Bendig. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Jensen graduated, and I'm not going to mess up the name, so I'm just going to say some the cytotechnology. She, she studied cytotechnology. For those who don't know what that is, neither do we. Neither do we. <laughs> but it's very science-oriented. It's using a microscope to look at, uh, at labs and look at cancer and find precancerous things and do all these amazing things in the medical field. Jensen, you are a very, very smart, talented lady, and we are so happy that you're graduating. And so congratulations that you belong to this church. And she will be, she accepted a position, uh, believe it or not, as a cytotechnologist, shocking, at McGee, that worked out for you, at McGee Women's Hospital in Pittsburgh, and she'll be rotating uh, also at Mercy Hospital, as well as a clinical lab at UPMC. So congratulations to Jensen. Okay, our next... Should she stay? Please stay. Yeah, because we want to pray for you guys. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a while. Okay. Okay. You wore comfortable shoes. Fair. Okay, so our next graduate is Jacob Perry. Jake, get up here, brother. <clears throat> Jake graduated from Mercyhurst University with a bachelor's in music education. And he has accepted a position at Chestnut Hill Elementary School as their music teacher. Yes. This is correct. So yes. Jake is a, well, all these grads are super talented. You have a, you have a gifting and anointing for music. Uh, we get to experience that on Sundays uh, when you play the keys for us. And so we're so happy that you're with us, and congratulations as well. Thank now, you. Before, we, before we move forward, Jake does have a testimony he would like to share. Oh, uh, there is one more graduate we're going to, before we have this Jake, give the testimony, is we have Jake Rose, we can give him a hand, he's not here, Jake. Uh, You know Jake, it's Jake and Elle, they just recently got married, they're actually at a wedding in State College again, not theirs, because they did theirs a few weeks ago. Uh, Jake graduated from Penn State Barron with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, with a minor in math. And he's accepted a position at Wabtec Industries uh, as an operations enge- engineer, I believe is on their leadership program, and he also volunteers at Chi Alpha Ministry uh, on the Barron campus. So, with that, we want to give a quick testimony before we pray for you guys. Thank you so much. 
my time that I've spent in Erie over the past four years. It's really interesting because I remember being up here four years ago talking about I just graduated from Fairview and now I'm thinking about going to a place called Mercyhurst. Well, four years later, I've now graduated. And during this past semester that I had, I was doing something called student teaching, where it's being a practice teacher. And I was so blessed to work with some of the most amazing and phenomenal music teachers at Asbury Elementary School right across the street, as well as at Westlake Middle School. And I'm sitting there thinking, I have so many people on my side. I have so many people rooting for me, and I'm putting in so much hard work. And I prayed every single day to make God a part of, even though I'm not teaching about God, having his grace, his mercy, and his mindset, and his just love and mercy in my lessons, my lesson plans, and how I speak and talk and act and communicate. And I thought to myself, well, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I sure hope I get a job somewhere doing this. And I thought, I got this. I got this. I have former superintendents of districts I'm applying to writing me letters of recommendation. I have people who are working at the school that I'm applying to saying, hey, hire him, interview him. I thought, I got this. There's nothing to worry about. And then finally, interviews start rolling in. thinking, okay, I'm going to get called for an interview. I'm going to get called for an interview. (laughs) There's no interview. And a few months, well, I would say a few weeks before graduation, one of my students I have is Jan Anderson. Some of you may know her. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal mentor to myself. And she worked in the Mill Creek District as an elementary teacher at Grandview for many years. And one day she just asked me, said, well, what do you want? And I knew deep down I wanted to be in Mill Creek. Hmm. I wanted to be at Chestnut Hill Elementary. And she said, she gave me a testimony who said when her husband, Bob, wanted a job, they went to that location and they mm. prayed. Mm. They prayed at that location, prayed over the yeah, building. So I went with my younger brother, Hunter, and we went to Chestnut Hill Elementary. And there I got a word, walk around the building seven times, lay hands on the building, and pray for that school. Mm. And we did. And as we were praying for it, we prayed for all the schools in here. We prayed for Chestnut Hill. And as we were leaving there, I had a word saying, don't look back. And I wasn't sure what that meant at the time. And at different points, it meant different things to me. About a week later, I was contacted by Mill Creek and told, we are not moving forward with the interview process. Which I w- it wasn't just, oh, potentially you're not. No, this, I was told no. <laughs> the door was closed. And I saw it as, well, don't look back because there's a better job that God has for me. There's something else that God wants for me. And as we prayed about it and thought about it more, it was, no. God knows where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, come on. God has planned where I'm supposed to be. Don't look back. Because I got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's got this. I don't have this. Mm. He has this. Yeah, come on. And the person that initially got the job is a really good friend of mine. I, I work with her at the studio that I teach at. She's a good friend of mine. And even she was surprised that I didn't even get an interview. And she's a phenomenal teacher. And eventually she accepted her own dream position, which was not the one that she well, that she applied for at Chestnut Hill. She had somewhere else that she applied that she loved so much. And eventually she, of course, declined the Chestnut position. And she literally told the people there, hey, I really think 
you should talk to this person, Jacob Perry. And after having probably three or four principals, five music teachers, the person that you were going to hire, call and say, hey, interview him. They finally gave in. (laughs) And I was sitting there. I... This was even before I got called for an interview. I thought, you know, I I should observe at Chestnut Hill. I want to be the best music teacher I can be because that's what students deserve. That's what God's children deserve. They deserve the best and nothing but that. So I go to Chestnut Hill and I'm sitting there and the teacher there who I I knew from years ago, she said to me, don't be surprised if you get a call from Mill Creek later. Later that day, I got requested for an interview. On Thursday, the day after, I had the interview. They said, we'll reach out within a week. The next day, they called me and offered me the position. I accepted it. And then on that Saturday, I graduated. Even before I graduated, I had the ability and the opportunity to know God's got this. Mm -hmm. God has given me this position. And that when I go teach in the school, Chestnut Mm. Hill, and all the other places that I will be at, His grace, love, and mercy will flow through me. And even though when I was student teaching, many of the students didn't know exactly what it was about me that they enjoyed. And I I know for a fact all the testimonies that students have given me, they knew there was something different about me. And it's because I have God be the focus and the center of why I'm here. He is the reason that I'm a teacher. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you pray for that? Thank you. Jacob, thank you for sharing that. I love that. Um, It harkens back to be still and know that I am God. And sometimes, right, it's the hardest thing to do. Um, Well, I have to do, I have to be responsible. I got to, you know, do things. And yes, sometimes we have to do some things, but be still and watch him fight your battles for you. He will fight for us. All right, guys, if you could just stretch your hands out, we're going to pray over these uh, three graduates. Um, Heavenly Father, God, we just come before you. We just thank you and we praise you uh, for these three graduates. God, we thank you for Jensen and we thank you for Jake and we thank you for Jake. Father, I thank you that you called them forth from their mother's womb. You knit them together. You foresaw this day and every day of their lives were written in your book before even one of them came to be. Father, I thank you that you get all the glory. All the glory, Father, for who they are and for what they accomplish. God, they just give it all to you, Father, and that these three are walking out, Father, for you. They're looking to uh, serve you. They're looking to expand your kingdom. They're looking to glorify you with their whole lives. Father, and I just pray blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Father, may they be blessed as they come in and as they go out. Let everything that they put their hands to prosper for your glory. Prosper that you would be glorified on the earth. Let them prosper that others may see and know who they serve, Father, that the lost would be saved. Mm -hmm. Father God, um, I just thank you and I praise you for all that you've done in their lives, for every, every way that you've led them, Father, and for all the plans and purposes you have yet for them. Father, we commit them again to your service. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, you guys, let's be seated. Thank you. You can sit. Thank you. <laughs>
All right, we're going to pray quickly over our tithes and offerings, uh, and then we're going to get into the Word for today, uh, what God has for us. The scripture for offering this morning is out of Luke uh, chapter 11. It's part of our Bible reading. Uh, if you are following, following along with us, we've got plans in the back. But it says this in verse 42. It says, but woe to you Pharisees, look out, for your tithe mint and rue and all other kinds of herbs. So it's basically saying, God, Jesus is speaking to them and saying, hey, you tithe, you do give a tenth, you do what you know the Bible is commanding you to do, and you pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. And when I read that, and just what resonated with me in my spirit is, God judges the heart. He judges the heart. Yeah, the Bible talks about tithing, about 10%, about all these things, and those are important. But what he cares even more about is the heart. And he is the one who looks at our heart. And so I just, I'm so blessed. We have a church that has a giving heart, not just financially, but in our time and in our efforts. And I just, the Lord honors that. He loves that. He smiles upon that. He loves the cheerful giver. So let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord. For every gift, every giver, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are just the God of over our finances, over our relationships, over every area of our life. Father, we just, we turn our hearts to you. We trust you in all ways. We trust you with our finances. We trust you uh, in everything that pertains to us. Lord, we give it all to you, Father, for your glory and your honor. Lord, we're just distribution centers. And Father, I just pray over this message today that you would lead and guide my words, and that you would open our ears and our eyes to see you better. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, happy Father's Day. We say it again and again and again. But guess what, guys? We serve the best father, the best dad. You know, and uh, Maggie was, she was telling me about uh, the card that she made. So our kids, each year, I mean, our kids are so artistic. They are so wonderful. They actually make homemade cards every year for like every occasion. For we got a lot of birthdays that go down in our house, right? We got ten birthdays. We got Father's Day. We got Mother's Day, and they always make these beautiful cards. And as Maggie was telling me about the card that she made, she hasn't given it to me yet. That's going to be celebrating afterwards after our donuts. Uh, she she came with this card. She said, "Dad, Dad, Dad, Dad." I just want you to know, I didn't write Happy Father's Day. And I was like, okay, babe. So what'd you write? She said, I, said, I wrote Happy Dad's Day. And to me, it just kind of hit me, like, you know, that our Heavenly Father is our dad. And I think father, we see this father term, and when we say the word father, we think, oh, the father of the house, and like the voice drops, I don't know, am I doing that right? Like the voice drops, and the father figure, and the, you know, we see this, this thing, but when she just wrote this, she was like, dad, I don't, not that she doesn't see me as father, but she saw me as dad, as daddy. And I want us to know this morning that we serve, not just our heavenly father, but we serve a good dad who loves us, who cares about us, who protects us, who is with us, who is for us, who promotes us, who encourages us. And I'm just so grateful that that's the father and the dad that we get to serve. Because we've all had earthly fathers and every one of those earthly fathers have failed in some way, shape, or form. We're all imperfect, but he is perfect. So dads, I want to encourage you uh, this morning. You do have what it takes. 
You've got what it takes because of Him. Because of His anointing on your life, you have what it takes to be the Father God has called you to be. So we're doing these attributes, and I figured I'd work in attributes into this uh, in the Father's Day message. So let me just review real quick. We've had 11 so far. We're working on number 12 of the 12th attribute. So the first one was God is infinite. God is immutable, which means he never changes. God is love. God is good. Think of this from a father perspective. God is wise. God is faithful. God is merciful. God is gracious. God is jealous for us. God is just. God is holy. And this morning I want to talk about God is protective. Now, Pastor Liz had no idea last week where she kind of gave a prophetic thing. She was talking about God being our protector and God being protective. And I was just up here smiling because the Lord had already given me a little bit about what I was going to share this week. And I was kind of smiling at her. I was just like, yeah, girl, you got it. You're just a week early. So she's always earlier before me, right? So she's got it before I got it. But what she was saying was spot on is God is protective. He is a protective father. He is the best father. He is perfect. Look at Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says this. It says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, church. Receive that this morning. No weapon. No weapon that is formed against you from the world, from the enemy, from any avenue shall prosper. Meaning it won't Grow. It won't be fulfilled. It won't be fruitful. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage of the children, another way to say it, of God. When you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, when you become a part of God's family, and now He is Father, He is Dad, these are promises that we can stand on and speak out for with verbally, with our mouths. No weapon formed against my family will prosper. You know, I say that every single morning. Ever since we did that Believer's Authority, and I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit, in just a minute, Every single morning over my family, I stand in the authority that God has given me, and I say that no weapon formed against my family will prosper. Does that mean that every single day goes super smooth? No. Not at all. Yesterday the morning was a little rough, afternoon was pretty smooth. But every day we have to speak the word of God over our families and we talk about what does spiritual leadership mean, what, what are, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But much of it is taking your spiritual authority and our place of authority in our families and to speak God's word over our families and speak verses like this saying, no weapon formed against this family shall prosper. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you. Protective. God is protective over us. He will guard us from who? The evil one. He has a guard, a shield of protection around us. And the next verse I have is Psalm 34, 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. 
Think about that. You've got God the Father sending angels to surround you and protect you. And we have story and example after example in our own lives of situations mostly on the highway with cars careening out of control, just speaking the word Jesus, saying the, saying the name of Jesus, and literally feeling the angels of God repositioning that car back on the road. This young lady was driving on Tannery Road in a snowstorm. And she hits some type of ice or something. The car is spinning around. I mean, it's going all over the place. And just the name of Jesus, that car corrected itself on ice in a snowstorm. She was facing the other way at one point in time. Corrected. Why? Because we have a protective father, a protective dad. Does that mean that no bad thing will ever happen to us? No, that's not the case. Because we live in a fallen world. But we have to remember day in and day out, we trust the Lord. For he is our protector. So man, I have just a message for us this morning for you guys. This really applies to everybody. But this, the first part here in particular to men. God gave me this word to speak at some point probably three years ago. So this has been marinating for three years. And I feel like the Lord wanted me to share it this morning. And it's very simple. It's very simple. But... Men, God has created us, in us, a desire to do, well, lots of different things, but three things. And of course, as a preacher, you do things that all start with the same letter. Now, this was God gave this to me. So I'm feeling like this is Holy Spirit inspired. This isn't Pastor Jason coming up with a nice three-point sermon that all have P's in it. But this is what God has given me for us this morning. He has created in us a desire to protect our families to provide for our families, and to procreate. This is what God has ingrained in us, what he has given us this desire to go do. But the enemy has looked to confuse that. The enemy has looked to make this a counterfeit. And the counterfeit of these three things is passivity, worldly promotion, and pornography. And if you look at these three things, it's they're, they're almost they're polar opposites. God has called men to be protectors, and women as well, but God's called men for protectors. But when we walk in passivity, we are not following what God truly has in store for us as protectors over our family. When God has given us this desire to provide for our families in some way, maybe it's physically, maybe it's monetarily, in one way or the other, but we get distracted by the world and promotion. And we spend our time so worried about promotion that we're realizing that God is our promoter. We have to remember that God is our provider, not us. He's given us the desire to provide, but we have to rely on Him to be our provider. And the last one with kids, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail. This is still a PG service. But he has called us to procreate, and the world has twisted that. And the enemy has twisted that. And taken it to a level which distracts us from the true creation of what he has created us to be, to be in love with our spouses and our wives. And to have just that one. So why is all these counterfeits out there? Because Satan is a counterfeit. He's taken things that were meant for good. He's taken things that, he, that God has created us to do, and he's trying to twist them and distract us, men, distract us in different ways, whether it's through passivity, 
Whether it's through promotion and worried only about our jobs and how we get promoted, or the last one that's up there as well. So what is this? This, this the baseline here. He is he's trying to distract us from our personal calling. So what is the goal of fatherhood? What really is this goal? It's the same goal that God has for us. Moms, it's the same goal that you really have as well for our children. It's to help our families reach their full potential in Christ. It's very simple. It's what God wants to do for us. As our Heavenly Father, He wants us to reach our full potential. In every area of our lives, whether it be fatherhood, motherhood, whether it be a student, whether it be a teacher, whether it be a cytotechnologist. Did I get that right? Okay. Whatever he has called you to go do, God is working and helping us to reach our full potential in Christ. Our goal as parents and as fathers is to launch, we always talk about this, launching our kids, launching our kids and, our, and their families into their calling. That's our goal. That's our goal as a church. It's, what God, it's God's goal for us. He wants to launch us into our calling. And so often, I think, in this world, we talked about this recently, everyone's so concerned about what their calling is. But guess what? Our calling is actually fairly simple. It's to be a follower of Christ. It's to be God's son and daughter. That is our first and foremost calling in life. And we think it's a title, or we think it's uh, some type of position, but it's not, I mean, those things do come as well as callings, but what God has called us to be is to be a son and a daughter, first and foremost. Because his primary thing is what Pastor Liz opened with, which was fantastic, is in the New Testament we see, we said, what does Jesus call God? Father. And we transition from this, this unknown God or this God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac and this God of you know, no name to the God that he's being called Father. So this goal is to launch our kids and our family into their calling. Here's a great quote that we have up in the family room and I want to just make sure, I want to put this out in front of us because I believe it is so important. Dads, listen. Dads, Listen. Moms, you probably already get this. Not all of you, but most of you get this. Dads, we struggle with this a little bit. Children are not a distraction from more important work. Come on, church. This is C.S. Lewis. They are not a distraction from more import, from a promotion or from this or from that or from our hobby or from some other thing. They are not a distraction from more important work, they are the most important work. Those who are fathers in here, those who are mothers, you must understand clearly that God is calling. That is your primary calling. Yes, son, daughter of God, and then a father and a mother. It is the most important thing, the most important work you will do. So I don't know if you guys know, we're part of a church network called One Focus Network. Uh, We've talked about it periodically. And... They recommended a book to us, uh, you know, as the elders of the church, and they recommended, and I actually just had a discussion with Pastor Dan Backens, who is, he's a senior pastor of the church in Virginia Beach, and we had this conversation of what does it mean to father a church? What does it mean to pastor a church? What does it mean to be in leadership over a church? And we had this discussion because it revolves around in our families as well, and it's exactly what God does for us. And men and women, it was exactly how God has called us 
to lead in our families. And there's three words. I don't believe I have it up there. But there's three words, which is interesting. One of them is protect, direct, and correct. Very simple. Protect, direct, and correct. If we think of God the Father, doesn't he do all those three things? He does supernaturally protect us. He does direct our paths. And he actually corrects us as well. So dads, these are our responsibilities as well. To protect, direct, and correct. Parenting and fathering is much the same. These three cores of leading. This leadership is empowering people. Empowering our family. Using these things so that they can reach their full potential in Christ. So church this morning, what is our responsibility? What is our response here to God's supernatural protection? What do we do? There are three different parts of protection that I want to talk about briefly this morning. There's a spiritual protection, there's an emotional protection, and there's a physical protection. In the spiritual protection, we have those up there. What do you do as a dad, as a father, even as a mother, as a leader? What do you do in order to provide spiritual protection over your family? Number one, we have to worship him. We have to worship Him because without worshiping Him, without starting at Him being the center of all this, the rest of the stuff's not possible. The second thing we have to do is pray for them. Dads, pray for your children. Lay hands on your children. Pray for them. Bless them. Next thing we have to do is we have to exercise our believer's authority over our family. Guys, this is a calling, a responsibility, moms as well, that you have over your family. You have to stand and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you and every plan and purpose that you have set up against my family. For no weapon formed against my family is going to prosper in Jesus' name. And you say, and you begin to bind certain things that you see. Maybe it's a spirit of this or spirit of that. You begin to bind them with your words as you pray. And the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so we have to exercise our believers' authority over them. And we, what else do we have to do? We have to speak words of life and affirmation over them. We have story after story. I've shared this story about Eva in our family. And I'll just briefly mention when Eva was a toddler. Woo! Eva was a toddler. She was all in. She was all, if you think of a toddler, yeah, she was all toddler. And we had decided that, you know what? We are going to speak a new way over her. Not that she is a troublemaker. Not that she is difficult. We were at Waldemere recently, and I was at Kohl's the other day. I heard a parent say multiple times, you're just a troublemaker. You're just a troublemaker. You're just a troublemaker. And I just cringed. I was sitting there at the dressing room waiting for one of my kids to try on an outfit, and I just cringed. That parent is speaking over that child that they are a troublemaker. Do you know what that child is going to be when it grows up? A troublemaker. It's exactly what that child is going to end up being. So parents, fathers, you can speak life or death over your family, over your children. I'm choosing life. What are you going to choose this morning? It doesn't mean you don't have to understand reality and see that maybe you're having a difficult child at the moment, but you don't speak that over them. 
You ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, and you speak life and blessing and affirmation over that child. And when you do it over and over and over, the spiritual realm is listening, the spiritual realm is hearing, and even when you don't see it physically changing, God is moving and God is working. It took us years to see that effect on Eva. But now, those who know Eva, that girl is the sweetest thing. She is one of the, I mean, at LCA, she's got more friends than I think anybody. Everybody loves Eva because she is so sweet and she's a great friend. So we have to speak words of life and of affirmation over them. So that's our spiritual protection. That's our first and foremost responsibility as a father over our families. The second one is this emotional protection. I struggle with this, church. The first one is being present in the moment. How many of us struggle sometimes with being present in the moment? Right, we're here, we're there, we're bouncing all over the place, we're thinking five steps ahead, we're, we're worrying about tomorrow, even though the Bible tells us not to worry about tomorrow. Like this afternoon on Father's Day, as we're celebrating, I am going to have to be intentionally present and not think about the LCA board meeting tomorrow, the two orthodontist appointments we have, the softball game that we have in the evening, and the fact that Bliley called me yesterday saying we have to put together a, a forecast for the rest of the year of the financials, and they want it immediately, and they have to have it on Monday. That's tomorrow. And so I'm trying to be like... Like, you guys, don't you understand the pull into tomorrow, into some other way? It's always a pull to not be present in the moment. Because what happens is when you are present in the moment, God shows you things. Kids know if you're present in the moment or not. How many times, man, kids know, they get it. This is even, yeah, I believe it was yesterday. Noel, I don't know, Noel was telling me something in uh, in the kitchen. She, and Noelle loves to talk. God bless her. She's so sweet. And she's, sometimes she talks a lot, and so sometimes I tune it out. Sorry, babe. I love you. Please forgive me. Okay, she's right there. Okay. And so she was telling me some story about something. Uh-huh. 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 I'm not even looking at her at this point. I don't know what I was doing. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, babe, that's really nice. And she walked away. I'm just like... I'm preaching tomorrow about being present in the moment that I, that was like a big F, like I failed that moment right there, big time. But that happens and we have to be intentional about being present in the moment because what's the second one is we have to listen to their hearts. As a mom, as a dad, as a leader, we have to listen to the hearts of those people. They actually are trying to share things with us. And many times we understand that this communication, it's more nonverbal sometimes than it is even verbal. But if you're not present in the moment, if you're not paying attention to that person and what they're saying and how they're feeling, we end up missing it. But to be an emotional protector over our family, we have to be present and we have to listen to their hearts. I've mentioned this before, the studies show, I believe, I don't know if I was talking to Mike the other day, uh, he and I were talking about it. But the the time when our children open up to us the most is right at bedtime. The time where we want them to open up the least is at bedtime, right? Because you're tired, it's the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Sure, baby, tell me about how you're feeling. 
Tell me about that situation at school, right? And it's so hard for us because it's the end of the day. Like, we're just like, please go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Yep, love you. Oh, yeah, come on. No more snow. We're good. No more stories. I love you. Yep, see you tomorrow. Yes, love you too. Okay, bye, bye. Right? And you're trying to get out of the room as fast as possible. Read the shortest book, right? Maggie knows. So I put Maggie to bed every, every, every night normally if I'm, if I'm home. I'll be putting Maggie to bed. And she always asks Dad, short book? Medium book or long book. And we have different books of various lengths, which will determine how tired and how much energy I have. And do you know which book I pick most often? Short. You got it. Absolutely. Like the babe, the shortest book that you got. Three or four pages, that's all I got in me tonight. Right? But what we have to remember is if one of our primary responsibilities and calling in life to be a father, to be a mother, to be a leader. We have to take the time to be present. And we have to know that God wired our kids right before bed to want to share with us. And we have to take that opportunity in that moment. What are we rushing off to? The next Netflix series? You know, it's going to play, you know, on re- it's going to keep playing as, as soon as we get there. Don't have to worry about it. We're not missing anything. We're not missing anything. But what we are missing if we're running out is listening to our kids' hearts. And then the last one we have to do is ask for forgiveness. Uh, I modeled that a little bit there. <laughs> kind of that was unplanned. Uh, but we do, we have to, our kids know, we have to show them that we're not perfect. They already know it. You don't have to pretend like you are. They already know. And many a times I've sat down with my kids and say, babe, Noel, baby, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And they're like, okay, dad, sure. I forgive you. And they move on. And it helps emotionally heal their heart. It helps emotionally heal their heart. And my only advice is very practical this morning. Uh, the only advice I would give to this part is don't start the sentence with, will you forgive me? But when you do this, 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 that's like they, they're not even listening to the forgive you part anymore. Just go to them and say, will you forgive me? I messed up. I yelled. I screamed. I shouldn't have treated you that way. I was harsh. Whatever it is, you when you ask for forgiveness, there's this emotional protection that you were able to establish with your kids. Then the last one is physical protection. Grace, you want to come back up here? So we got spiritual protection. We have emotional protection. And we have this physical protection. And families, I think we all need to be, and we're talking to myself here as well, Liz and I have been talking about this, we have to be more aware of what we're allowing into our home and into their hearts. With today's technology, with the devices, I, one of our kids, yesterday I feel like it was, I mean, God always gives us examples in the present for stuff that we're sharing, but one of our kids, maybe it was Maggie, was on Liz's phone doing color by numbers, so they have the screen time. They get one hour on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for screen time. They don't get it at all the rest of the week. That's what works for us. I'm not saying you have to do that. But she was during this time, and she had Liz's phone, and she was doing color by number. And most of these apps and these things, commercials pop up. Commercials pop up. You don't get to choose your commercials. You don't get to choose the advertisements that come up. And Liz happened to be, by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit who leads in God, happened to be looking at Maggie when some advertisement popped up. 
And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a woman that didn't have enough clothes on, basically. But we have to be careful. We have to be aware of what we are allowing our children to watch, what we're allowing them to see. There's a sense of this physical protection. We have to protect their hearts until they can protect their own hearts. And we have a rule at our house, so we love sports at our house. We watch football all the time, baseball, basketball, all the sports. Again, I don't pick the commercials that show up when we're watching TV. And we've trained, literally, we have trained our children that the moment a commercial pops up and it's something, either some ridiculous movie that's coming up or some horrible commercial, our kids go like this. And then they say, Dad, can I look? Dad, can I look? And they will not look until I tell them that they can look. I, don't, I can't tell you the countless amount of things we have stopped from entering into their mind and their consciousness. The eyes are a lamp unto our body. We've been able to stop. And the one day, this was a couple weeks ago, but it's happened many, many times, is I wasn't in the room and a game was on. Maybe it was the basketball finals or something was on. And I came around the corner and there was some horrible commercial for some new new movie that was coming out with all this awful, disgusting things. And I walk by and I see the entire room going like this. And honestly, we debate whether we should just cut it all off, get rid of the phones, get rid of technology, get rid of cable, get rid of everything. Because it is very difficult to protect. It's very, very difficult to set these boundaries. But the younger they are, we have to be so intentional about being aware of what is coming in to our children. What's, what are they seeing? What are they watching? What are they playing? What are they doing? And the last one there is to set boundaries. This physical protection. Guys, it's okay to say no. Moms, dads, it's okay to say no. Well, I want to go on this play date. I want to go over there. I want to do this. I'm going to do that. When you ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, that's not a friendship I want your child to have. Even though they want that friendship, it's okay to say no. Your job is to protect, to direct, and to correct. If protection's one of them, then you need to be Holy Spirit-led. You need to be able to set boundaries. You need to be able to say no to certain things. Say no to distractions. Say no to being overly busy or overly scheduled so you can spend time together as a family. It's okay to say no. So dads, fathers, will you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray for you. Stand up. Stand tall. Dads, get up, get up, get up. If you are around any of these men, would you please just gather around them and Lay hands on them. I want you to know, guys, you can do it. You can do it. God has anointed you. He has blessed you. He has given you the desires to protect, to provide, to procreate. He has given you the skill sets and abilities, no matter your personality, no matter your background. To be the dad he's called you to be. So let's pray for them this morning. Lord, we just thank you for every man standing in this room. Father, we just are 
thankful for our dads, our earthly fathers. Even though we know they're not perfect, we thank you first and foremost, Lord, that you are the perfect one, that you are the perfect father. Lord, we thank you for your protection. And Father, we just pray a blessing over these men this morning. Father, I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when they leave here today that they are enough because you are enough. That they can do what you've called them to go do. That they can lead their families. That they can protect their families. Lord, that you would strengthen them to be the spiritual leaders of their home would encourage them to speak words of affirmation and life over their families. You would remind them to take their believer's authority and cast out and bind up the devil and all his plans and purposes. Or that they would lay hands on their children and their grandchildren. That they would bless them and encourage them speak affirmation over them. Lord, I would encourage them this morning that they will be present in the moment. Remind them, Holy Spirit, to be present in the moment. To take time to kneel down, to get face to face with their children, to listen to their hearts. Lord, that we would humble ourselves enough to ask for forgiveness. And Lord, we ask for divine strategies, supernatural ways to protect our family from the the attacks from the outside world through digital media. Lord, that you would help guide us and lead us into setting boundaries and saying no. And Lord, we just worship you this morning. worship you this morning. Dads, fathers, if you just want to raise your hands this morning. Just receive all that has been spoken over you today. Receive the blessing of God the Father on your life. We receive that today, Lord. We receive your supernatural favor, grace, and anointing to do what you've called us to do. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let me just, uh, we have got some group leaders who are going to be coming up here to pray with you. If you've got, uh, actually you guys can start coming up now. If you have any prayer requests at all, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. There'll be people up here who will pray with you. And we got extra donuts, so don't worry about missing the donuts. If you come up here for prayer, you don't have to get the donut first. You can get prayer first. I got extra donuts for those who want prayer. Okay? In fact, if you come up for prayer, you can take two donuts. Okay? All right, so let me just read this over you. Now, may the Lord Jesus Christ himself 
God the Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and hope and grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good work and word. To his name we give glory and praise. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the donuts.